0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 70, The Label Maker. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And, and have, have harmony, harmony in the home. How in the world are we on 7-0? question mark? I'm like doing talk to text. This is insane. I do one podcast a week on our podcast and we're on episode 70, and there are 52 weeks in the year. What? The actual what is going on. That is like a year and a half. I feel like we just started our podcast last week. And, 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 as Grady would say, he talks in threes when he's saying and, and, but, but, but. He doesn't do it much anymore. He was doing it more in second grade. Now he's like a big kid. They're getting so big. And, 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 every single week, you should ask my producers, I stall, I stammer, I pace. I say, Oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'm a couple ahead. Oh, what do I need to say? Oh, maybe they need to catch up on the old ones. I'll just do a catch up week. Over and over and over, my brain stops me and says, You don't need to do that. The little whispers, What do you have to say, Kelly? This is what my brain says Who do you think you are? Go play small, go back in the cave. Stop acting like you know it all when you don't. You're not all that. Your kids aren't all that. You don't have everything together. Remember that breakdown you had last week? How about them apples? Who do you think you are? Over and over and over. And so I just want to keep saying that because I think sometimes people see me and they think that like somehow it's easier for me to put myself out there or it's easier for me to keep my cool in the storms or like my kids are super easy or I'm like this like unicorn mom that like does cartwheels and sings kumbaya with my kids every night. I'm just like you. Please do not ever put me on a pedestal or my kids, ever. It's too much pressure. I don't belong there. And you will be disappointed the second you meet me, or if you already know me, you're probably like, "Mm." because I am 50-50. I'm 50% flawed, 50% awesome. So I'm flossum, just like you. Same with my kids. They mess up, I mess up, all the things. We're all B minus, we're all doing our best. Sometimes I'm a C or a D, sometimes an A minus my average for myself is B minus. And that is the most freeing grade I've ever given myself because it takes all the pressure off of me to have a A plus house, be an A plus wife, be an A plus parent, be an A plus cook, be an A plus at keeping up laundry, be an A plus at my nutrition and exercise habits, and so on and so on and so on. The B minus life is pure freedom. And I will tell you that I tried the perfection route. I tried the A-plus route. For many, many, many years, I promise you I did. And I was miserable. So if your mental health is an F, but all of your actions and the outer appearances are A-plus, that is what we call probably a D. So that life is no fun. And I know there's many parents that are living that life and I wanna take the pressure off of you. That I don't want you to get caught up in having to be perfect, wanting to be perfect, even aiming to be perfect that is a lot of pressure and when you take the pressure off then you can think clearly and then when your kids are B minus you're like oh yeah this is part of the human experience this is what kelly's talking about teaching them emotional literacy it's okay that they cry it's okay that they're angry it's okay that they're disappointed it's okay that they're feeling a negative emotion it doesn't mean that i've failed as a parent we have one sentence in our mind that completely changes the course of the game when we can remove that sentence Only you can answer what that sentence is. And a lot of it comes from prior messaging, programming, conditioning, thoughts we told ourselves, how we were as a child. A lot of times we think the way that we were as a child is how our kids should be. So I was a pretty happy kid growing up. Not a lot of cares in the world. I was the third born, little on the wild side, broke a lot of rules. I was always like, where's the party? Where's the fun? Let's go. So then I thought when I had my own kids that they would be happy all the time. They would be carefree. They would be looking for the party. And that didn't happen. And since they weren't happy all the time, I thought I was failing as a mom. I have another mom that I was working with. And she said that she just wanted her kids, if they were really good at keeping their room clean, that meant she was a good mom. Another mom, if they ate really healthy, that meant she was a good mom. Another mom, if they were well-behaved and said yes all the time. And yes, ma'am, that meant they were a good mom. Because when she was younger, she was very well-behaved. And she said yes, ma'am, all the time. I had another mom who was a perfectionist in school and always got straight A's and got into the best schools, got all the great scores and SATs. So her sentence was, if my kids do well at school, then that means I'm a good mom. What do you think is going to happen when you have that sentence? The exact opposite. And that is a good thing. My mom loves her label maker. It's this little handheld label maker, and it prints out the label that she puts on her cabinets and her coupons and on her cosmetics and her jewelry. She loves her label maker. She's always putting labels all over, like the littlest things. We make fun of her. We're like, really? You're going to label your magazines? Like, can't you just see that your magazines go there? So we make fun of her for the label maker. And when I was teaching first grade, I think I've told you this story before about the day that Mark Lycan changed my life when he said, I feel like she's always mad at us. And it changed my entire paradigm, the way I taught. Mark Lycan, if you're out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for changing my life. Because it rippled into my marriage. It rippled into my parenting. I know you were talking to yourself, but it was in that moment at 21, 22 years old that changed the way I taught, changed the way I saw my life, changed the way I interact with my spouse now, and changed the way I interact with my kids. Because when I taught first grade, when I first started, I was very insecure about my skills and abilities and how am I going to be able to manage it all? And am I going to be a good enough teacher? And so before the first day of school, you get your class list. And on that class list are all the boys, all the girls, probably like 20, 25 students. And what traveled with the students was their QM folder. And their QM folder was filled with everything that happened to them in kindergarten. It showed all their report cards, it showed if they ever had any referrals, it showed all the conferences they had with parents, all the issues, if there were not issues. It told you everything that you needed to know about this child as a snapshot. So I would take these cumes before I met the child, study these cumes like I was studying for the bar exam. I would take out each one and I would spend probably 10 minutes per child. So I could now make the class list based on the child's behavior, the child's academic level. And the way they made class lists, because I was in charge of class lists when I was a school counselor, is that they would make sure there was a cross section of, let's say there was 10 sections of first grade and you had 50 students who were ESOL, which means they didn't speak English or spoke very little English. They would evenly distribute those children into the different classrooms and they would make sure that the boy and girl ratio was even. They would do a bell curve where if there was 20 students in the class, there would be five groups of four where you'd have the students who were reading the word the in the one reading group and then the ones that were kind of like the middle of the road learning how to read. And then the ones who were reading chapter books and Harry Potter and another group. And so they kind of did a nice cross section. So within every class, there was so much diversity and it was amazing. And what I would do with these QM folders is I would psych myself out and I would freak myself out by reading the different referrals that they had, different parent conferences like, oh, that looks like a tricky parent. I'm really nervous. And I would show it to David. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the hardest year ever. Before I even met the child, before I even met the families. And so they would come in and I would have this different energy of like, oh, are you the one? Are you going to give me a hard time? I know that you have ADD. I'm going to put you at the front of the classroom. And it's good to have the information, but it's not good to be driven by the information. And sometimes we think that our child's behavior has some type of label that if we could put a label on it, then all problems will be solved. Then all of a sudden we can find the medicine and we can give them the pill and then we'll fix them. And there won't be any suffering. There won't be any struggle. There won't be any disruption, but, but, but there won't be any growth or learning. And I did this for years with my kids. I would send things to David. I would look on Baby Center and say, I think Lily has social anxiety. I was sure of it. I Googled it and I found evidence to support it. And I would send the links to David. And she was like three. And I would send the links to David. I was like, I think she has this. And then Grady, I was convinced he had ADD. And then I would send him the links to that. I'm like, I think he has this with the hyperactivity. I'm sure he has this. And I love what David wrote back. And he didn't even know that he was writing back something so profound, but I was so unconscious that I couldn't even see it myself. He would just write back and with a question mark. He was pretty much saying like, what's your point? Like, this is the throbbing spirit that we were given. Now, how are we going to help this child? A coach that I love, her name is Danielle. Her daughter has Tourette's. And someone reached out to her and said, I just love how you're always talking about your special needs daughter." and how you're helping her, and how you're assisting her, and providing interventions for her. And she said, you know, I appreciate that you're saying that about my daughter. She has two daughters. She said, I appreciate you're saying that about my daughter, but I just want to remind you that every child has special needs. There is no child that comes out of the womb knowing all the things, doing all the things, and that's okay. They're not supposed to. Sometimes we see something in our child that is a reflection of a lack within us, and that's where the trigger comes from." Let me say that again. And I'm very gentle when I say this. So please do not throw tomatoes at me. Sometimes we see something within our child that we don't like or prefer. And it's a reflection and a mirror up to us of something that we don't like within us. And so we've already beaten ourselves up about that thing. And that didn't seem to feel any better. So then we are very aggressive or yelling or spanking or name calling. That exact trait within our child instead of fixing it within ourselves. And I love this quote by Dr. Shefali. It's one of my favorites. I think I've read it 14 times on this podcast, but it's worth repeating because whenever someone in my four walls does something that irritates me, I always do the Byron Katie questions. She asks four questions whenever she's in judgment. Question one, is it true? Question two, can you absolutely know it's true? Question three, how do you react when you believe the thought? And who would you be without the thought? So my thought was all children need to be happy. I thought that was a fact. When I was told that that wasn't true, I was blown away by that simple sentence being changed because then I wasn't looking for evidence of my worthiness through my children. And it was okay that they weren't happy all the time. So to the parent that wants the straight A's because it means that there's something worthy and valuable about you if your child has straight A's or they make all the sports teams or they get all the home runs, whatever it is, just know that it's a sentence in your mind we put a label on our child, whatever that label is, and then what we tell our brain is go look for evidence of that trait. So if we think our child has ADD, then all day long, our brain's going, look for evidence, look for evidence. I thought Lily was strong-willed, so all day long, I'm like, yep, there's that strong-willed child. So whatever you tell our brain to look for, it will find evidence for, whether it's ADD, whether it's the straight A's, whether it's the sports, whether it's the happiness, whether it's the manners. Do you see how I could go on and on and Dr. Shafali's quote that literally is what I believe and what I hope this podcast has helped you kind of open up your heart to is that there is no child out there without special needs and there is no mother out there without special needs. We all have needs and they're all here to teach us where we need to grow. I remember reading that sentence. I was doing a body beast workout and I was doing chest and the one sentence that woke me up to life was your child was born with their own throbbing spirit and they are here to teach you where it needs to grow. And I was like, say what? What did you just say? I rewound it. I listened to it over and over again. I was like, oh, wait. And that's when almost like the lightning struck into my playroom. It wasn't my playroom. I was using their playroom as a workout room. And it like turned the emmeshment, and it almost like just pictured two people attached together like Siamese twins. And it was like the lightning bolt came in and completely separated the emmeshment that I had especially with Lily. And I think sometimes the child who's not like you is the one who's going to trigger you the most because you can't relate and you think that something's gone wrong. And I just don't want you to deduce your child's beautiful throbbing spirit into something so small like a diagnosis or a label. It's okay that they have that. I just don't want you to see that only in them. It's kind of like when people email, they're like, my child has ADD. And I don't want to say so like, so what? But I want to say so like David did, like, and? Like, what's your point? Like, this is the exact child you're supposed to have, and your child has the exact parent they're meant to have. So how are you going to show up? How can this teach you versus frustrate you? And Shafali says, may you be blessed with a child who defies you, so you may learn to release control. With one who doesn't listen, so you may learn to tune in. May you be blessed with a child who loves to procrastinate, so you can learn the beauty of stillness. So I had two children. I had one who was all over the place, would go from thing to thing to thing to thing. What do you think that was teaching me? Slow down, Kelly. You don't have to go bebopping off the walls. I had another one who was having so many issues with anxiety. What was she reflecting back to me? Maybe you need to chill out a little bit there, Kel Bell. Maybe you need to learn to meditate. Maybe you need to slow your roll. Your frenetic energy is too much for this throbbing spirit. She doesn't have any place for her to live in this space. May you be blessed with a child who forgets things, so you let go of attachments. With the one who is extra sensitive, so you can learn to be grounded. May you be blessed with the child who is inattentive, so you learn to be focused. May you be blessed with one who dares to rebel, so you learn to think outside the box. May you be blessed with a child who feels afraid, so then you learn how to trust. May you be blessed with the child who teaches you that it is never about them and all about you. That, my friend, is what we call empowerment. Now, the way that this can backfire is you take this information and you use it against yourself and you use it as ammo to beat yourself up. That, my friend, will not work. How do I know? Because I have done it. It is a lose-lose and then you become even more reactive. So I don't say any of this to just have you throw your hands up in the air and say, I don't know what to do. Instead of throwing your hands up in the air and beating yourself up, when you come from a place of empowerment, you're like, let's go, let's do this. Then it doesn't become so overwhelming. And then it becomes, yes, you can still want your child to get good grades, but it doesn't mean anything about you if they don't. See, I still want my kids to be happy, but if they're not, I don't make it mean anything about me. That is the only difference. Because I think sometimes people throw the baby out with the bathwater. And they're like, well, I want them to get good grades. I want them to try hard. I want them to be good at sports. I want them to be good at band. I want them to have nice manners. I want them to be happy. I want them to show respect, all very important things. Now play out the scenario when they don't have those things. And in both scenarios, it has nothing to do with you. The greatest way to teach whatever trait that you want, whether it's grit or self-esteem or confidence or facing your fears or hard work, whatever that trait is, Confidence, happiness, a faith in God, whatever it is, the only thing you need to do to make sure that that happens on your watch is to model and embody it and then let go of the rest. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, that's okay too, because you know your side of the street is clean and you know that either way, it has nothing to do with you. So if my kids go to worst case scenario, because everyone's worried about homeless on the side of the street addicted to drugs. Okay, I can go there and worry about that. I probably have a better chance of being struck by lightning five times. Could it happen? It could. But until it does, I'm not going to borrow worry. And I just know that I'm not homeless on the side of the street doing drugs. I'm not going to borrow worry. And if it happens, how am I going to show up then? Because it still has nothing to do with me. It's what their throbbing spirit and their soul contract was when they came on this earth. Has nothing to do with me. Remember, our children do not belong to us. They came through us. They did not come from us. We are just babysitting. And I don't say just like it's minimized, but when you can detach your ego, then you can attach at the heart and see your child for a beautiful soul and their bright spirit and their happy energy and all the beauty and not deduce them down to a label diagnosis. Because when we put a label on a child, like I did when I was teaching, that's all I would see. So after realizing that this plan wasn't working for me of like psyching myself up before the first day of school. I changed it up after a year or so. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to look at the QM folders. I'm not going to talk to the kindergarten teachers. I'm not going to talk to the guidance counselors. I'm not going to talk to the principal. I want every child to come in here as their own throbbing spirit. Blank slate, baby. Sit wherever you want. Let's go. Let's do this. And so they knew that my energy was looking for all the good because Mark Liken taught me. She seems like she's always mad at us. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to tell you what not to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. So instead of saying, don't run in the hall, I'm like, look at you using your walking feet. Instead of saying, stop talking while you're working. I was like, whoa, look at Susie Q over there. Focused friend. Let's go. And over and over and over because I trained my brain to look for all what they were doing right. But the brain will always go to what they're doing wrong without my management. So I was becoming a conscious teacher because of Mark Lycan without even knowing it, without even knowing it was a thing. So that's why I was so frustrated when I became a parent. Why was I acting like a crazy lady when they were interrupting me on the telephone, but I was so calm as a cucumber in the schools? I couldn't figure it out until I realized what ego was. And ego, it just comes from fear. And ego is actually a beautiful thing that tries to protect us and it's trying to do its job. The ego is so scared. My ego doesn't want to do this podcast. It's like a scared little girl. It doesn't want to be judged. It doesn't want to be shamed. It doesn't want to get emails. It doesn't want any of that. The ego's scared, bro, but the ego never goes away. And so when I was seeing my children, when I realized what the ego was, I realized when I was in the schools, I had no ego with the students. Of course I didn't. They didn't belong to me. They belonged to Bobby and Susie. So when I became a conscious parent, I was like, oh, Eureka, these kids don't belong to me. For me, they belong to God. For you, they might belong to the universe or the stork or the Holy Spirit or something much bigger than us. But when we know that they're just on loan to us to teach us where we need to grow and that you see them as a soul, you see as almost like energy in your home versus children who are messy and B minus and make spills and have a hard time with managing their emotions. You're like, yes, let's go. You're safe here. Feel all the feels because you're gonna feel them outside these four walls, whether I'm with you or I'm not with you. And when you're grown and flown, whatever you decide to do, you're gonna still feel those 50-50 emotions. So let's go, because I want you to feel them now in this emotional literacy lab and it's totally cool. Remember, we want to change the behavior over time, but we never want to change the emotion. Normalizing it, teaching them strategies, labeling how they're feeling, all the good stuff, holding the space. How are they going to be able to do that if we don't know how to do that? And if we don't know how to do that, it's time that we step up and learn, and they will give us practice every hour. Kelly, how do I learn? I'm like, you get in there and you just learn. You hold the space, you detach. You do the pause. There's so much power in that pause. And in that pause is where you're going to learn all the things. All that messaging, they need to be happy. They need to be perfect. If they're perfect, then that means I'm a good mom. They need to have a clean room. They need to have straight A's. They need to be good at sports. They need to get along. They need to be a taskmaster. They need to be well-behaved. They need to say, yes, ma'am. Whatever that sentence is, it will come up in the power of the pause. So I can't tell you what that sentence is. And there's multiple there. But that's all your unconscious thinking causing the reaction. It has nothing to do with your child, which is the greatest news ever. Because I don't want you to deduce this beautiful, throbbing spirit down to ADD. That's like saying, my son's a Libra. You'd be like, yeah, what's your point? Who cares? It's a trait about him, but it doesn't define him. Nothing that your child does or doesn't do defines their worthiness and their value. The earlier they know that, the better. Because they're not walking on eggshells or walking a tightrope, that they have to do something to earn it. You can show them by knowing it yourself first. Remember, it always comes back to modeling and a body. We are the emotional adult in the relationship. So I'm not saying don't try the pill, don't try the strategies, do all that. But what it does is it puts the dragon in the basement. It's like treating the rash without looking at the food that we're eating to figure out why the rash is coming. Lily had a rash on her forearm. Like, I wonder what it's from. Maybe it's the detergent. Maybe it's the food you're eating. What have you been eating this week? Maybe it's from the grass when you're playing volleyball. So we get super curious and we don't get furious. We're not mad at the rash. The rash is neutral. We're not mad at the child. The child is neutral. What does this child bring up for us? And then we get to the root of that. And that, my friend, is when you never, ever, ever want to yell again. It doesn't even occur to you because you're detached and you see this beautiful soul and this beautiful spirit in front of you as a soul that is having a human experience right along with you. And it's messy and it's B minus and it's frustrating and it's flawed and it's awesome all at once. And I'm right there with you living the same life as you. You are me, I am you. Your kids are my kids, my kids are your kids. So take off the labels and people will put labels on you and you will disappoint people and that's okay. You will put labels on other people and people will disappoint you and that's okay. It's all okay. We're all just humans. We're all just doing our very best so then we can forget the rest. So take off the labels, put on your love goggles and see your children as these beautiful souls and these beautiful spirits that are here to teach you where you need to grow. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.